Episode 63 of the Cooldown Time Podcast. It's our Thursday episode where we talk about games that may no longer be in your FOV, but we are here to bring them back with our Cooldown callback and, of course, our Checkpoint Chat where we tackle interesting topics and have long-form conversation about all things video games. My name is Pablo and with me today is a voice you know very well. It's the graphically impressive co-host himself, Marco. What's up, Marco? Ah, uh, you know, man, drugs, drive-bys, strippers, and dingy dollar bills. <laughs> right, guys? <laughs> this guy gets it. Man, it's so crazy that you have that tattooed across your chest. It's on my lower back, too. Yeah. Oh, man. Get that That's visual cool. in there for a second, listeners. I just want you to have that that moment. There you go. There it is. You see it. All right. Now I'm doing pretty good, man. It's uh Interesting week, getting ready for my, my daughter to come hang out with me, so I'm, I'm setting up all the toys and all her activities right now, and uh, it's going to be a good time, but uh, got to talk games before we get to the to the, to the daughter duty, so uh, got a good one today, though. I feel you. How about you tell us uh, where they can find... Oh, how about you tell them where they can find <laughs> us? Or anyway, or you can tell anybody you want, whatever you I want. I want to tell you where to find this me is at your the time. strip club. No, um, oh God, here we go again. you can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other popular streaming apps. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Cooldown Time Podcast or Twitter at Cooldown Time Pod if you want to stay connected with us in between episodes. Uh, that's the way to do it, Pablo. So it should, shouldn't be too hard. Okay, do it if you're a good person, if you like freedom, and if you think that um, Pablo's a nice guy. So. Oh, man, they're not going to do that, do it at all. <laughs> well, guys, we got a couple interesting things to talk about. Our cooldown callback. We're going to talk about some games that may be, you know, not exactly old school, but not exactly new either. But interesting enough games that we want to have some conversations about. And our checkpoint chat, we're going to tell you about five times we ate crow over a game. Mm, delicious. Uh, it tastes so good, and it seems to be happening to me and even Marco a lot more than than, than what we're used to. Uh, but it is what it is. Uh, no cooldown callback tag yet, so we're just going to get right into the cooldown callback. Marco, why don't you start us off? What are you playing right now? Yeah, so one of the games that uh, I have kept installed on my Switch uh, for the last couple of years is a game called Into the Breach. Um, this is a 2018 turn-based strategy game uh, by Subset Games, the makers of FTL. Uh, it's set in the distant future, uh, where players can choose factions, basically, that fight invading uh, alien species called the Vec. Um, and the goal is basically to defeat the enemies, protect civilians, and conquer uh, sectors and islands that are being invaded by this alien force to um, basically save the world uh, and avoid, um, you know, permadeaths and do-overs. Um, your characters can die forever in this game, so it is a bit, um, you know, harsh in that sense. Uh, and it is, it, it's got a little, little dash of roguelike sort of isms in there with the starting over aspect um but um it's one of the, the few times where that kind of element has not um made made me hit the ceiling in anger um i think this game in 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 a lot of ways i think an argument can be made that this is 
potentially, and, and, and this is going to sound like a bit of hyperbole here, but I, I, I kind of mean it, it might be a flawless game. Um, I, I don't know if there's really anything that this game does inherently wrong, um, which is saying a lot. It's saying a lot coming from me in particular because I don't mess with turn-based strategy games that often. I think <laughs> I think there's about three or four turn-based strategy franchises that I like. Most of the time, I don't want anything to do with them hoes. Um, so the fact that <laughs> the fact that this game captured my attention as intensely as it did when it first came out and the fact that I've kept it installed for all these years and I've come back to it over and over again it says a lot about this game and I think it starts with its gameplay top-notch stuff I mean it's a very compact uh, turn-based strategy board if you will Um, so it's very easy to get a a mental grasp of what's going on and what you're supposed to do. It it is not one of those turn-based game strategy games where it throws every rule and number and statistic at you. And you have a million things you have to micromanage is not trying to be that kind of game. It is, it is, it is surface level enough for a novice like me to figure it out immediately and feel like I know what I'm doing really quickly. And I think that's a genius part of what this uh, game is and why it's so special. Um, I would also say the replayability. It's obviously baked into the game's design, but it just beckons you to come back. It really does a great job of even if you you lose and your 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 faction dies out and you have to start over again, it has that it gives you that itch to keep coming back and try it again. And, oh, I, okay, I see what I did wrong this time. And now I know that with this type of mech that I'm using, I can move this way and that way. And it, you start kind of connecting dots, and it, it really compels you to want to go back in and give it another try. Um, and then you have the music and the art style. Um, it, it's, a, it's a pixel art style game, um, but it is a very well done uh, version of that, which uh, doesn't happen very often, uh, especially in in an era now where the chic thing to do for an indie game is to make it retro and pixel arty and in these little synth wave you know songs and stuff. But it really fits well here, and it gives the game a sense of atmosphere and uh, a certain vibe that I, I wasn't really expecting uh, to feel uh, for a game like this. So it's um, deceptively excellent. Uh, and you wouldn't think so when you go and look it up. If you guys happen to go check it out, you're going to see what looks like a very, you know, oh, that's a, yeah, that's a turn-based strategy game, all right. And and you're not going to think much of it. But when you actually go in and play it, um, the dots will connect very quickly, uh, hopefully for you, yeah. like it did for me. And I know Pablo feels the same way too. Pablo, do you want to jump in and, and about any of that stuff and, and share your thoughts too? Yeah, I mean, I'm sitting here and, you know, reminiscing on my time with the game and I'm thinking, oh, you know, I should redownload it. And I'm like, ah, it's a game I kind of want to play in bed. My Joy-Con suck. And then I just read that this game is completely playable touchscreen. And yep. that's that's a beautiful thing. Uh, but listen, this game, like Marco, it, 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 it got me real quick. And honestly, I think a friend of the show, Justin, also not a fan of, of these kind of games, uh played this game and also was immediately addicted yeah. i i don't i and to marco's point i think it is also a flawless game i think it, it knows what it is and it knows how to kind of like really grab your attention in a way that's super interesting you know uh i i don't know of any game sent into the breach that has gotten me so into 
uh, a turn-based strategy or uh, uh, type of game like this. I, it it just it, there's just nothing like it. Um, it's it's simple, un, unlike FTL, which is not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it is it is definitely uh once you kind of understand how the how the, the the mechanics work, there is a high level to it that you can actually operate in and really start knocking out these levels and, and killing these these aliens in in a, in a way that you never thought you were going to be able to comprehend because the game really yeah. so uh it, it gives you all the stuff that you need to to be successful and it dulls it out in a way where ultimately once you understand it you're just in you're in there just wrecking fools it's it's a beautiful thing it really is i can't wait to get back into uh, into this kind of playing this at uh, at work at lunch i always have like a game that i play mm. on my switch at lunch and I, i'm i'm i can't wait to get back to it but yeah that's a great pick yeah uh, and and, and, um, and here's the thing in, in a few weeks there's going to be even more reasons to want to come back because they're having a free advanced edition uh with dlc oh, dropping with a bunch of new content um, new fun. factions, new enemies, new bosses, new islands, new new everything. So it is. I hope this means it is it is it is the right time. It's it's time to to give it a try if you haven't already tried it, or if you like me and Pablo and you have been wanting to kind of return to it. Pretty soon, there's going to be a pretty good reason to do that. So keep an eye out. And, and man, that's super dope. Considering hmm, maybe maybe there maybe there's some more coming that'd be dope to see another one of these mm-hmm. um well see marco i'm playing a game <laughs> that isn't exactly uh flawless uh okay at all um but i think it's a game worth revisiting because i remember very intently that this game was kind of looked upon as a incredible disappointment for what people thought it was going to be and that's rise son of rome um i've been playing this game just kind of like on and off here i, I turned it on to just like i remember this game not being great and playing it and i'm like yo this game came out in 2013 i mean <laughs> cry engine obviously it's a known beautiful engine it's all you know all the good all the good stuff about graphics yep. in the forefront and maybe not so much in the gameplay back end and that's exactly what this game is though there is a particular flow to the combat that i never i didn't remember and i found incredibly interesting so obviously you're smashing the x button and when they're ready to die you hit the like rt button and once you do that when you hit that trigger button they light up different colors and those colors correspond to the the yellow being the y and the blue being the x and you kind of go through pre- that kind of mini game where you press those buttons and you go through the super dope kind of flow of motion that kind they're definitely ripping off 300 uh and i thought this game was I thought that mechanic was really cool and really interesting. And then there's like a whole bunch of crowds. It's all about crowd control and all. And this game is 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 deceptively good. It's just there's not much there in terms of meat on the bone. Like it gets to a point where you've seen the same animations over and over. You've seen the same uh, characters, NPCs over and over. But the story is 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 pretty interesting. I think that they're really. Games like this don't really get made, like, when they talk about Rome, uh, weirdly enough, even though it's ripe for, like, those kind of stories, and obviously it's ripping from Gladiator, it's ripping from everything that's that's not it's particularly historically accurate, but it's trying to make it the most cinematic approach to these kind of, uh, this kind of time frame, and I think it does a good job in that. Um, I was just pretty much shocked and blown away that this game looks the way it looks 
today uh, because it looks really good. It still looks really good. Um, and even the, the animation that I thought was a little stilted doesn't feel... I don't know if there's any kind of upgrades that they did to it with the, uh, for the uh, uh, Xbox Series nope. X or whatever it is, but it it is. It runs smoothly. It looks great. And I think it's, it's one of those games that might kind of... People might want to go back to it and kind of look at it now because I think we're a little spoiled uh, during that time. There was a lot of good games coming out. And this game comes out and it was a little bit kind of like, oh, what's not exactly what we wanted? There's a lot of shit games out uh, in the last couple of years. And <laughs> and this kind of stands out a little bit as like, okay, they had something here. And I would have really liked to see like another one of these because I think that they, I honestly think that they had something really special here if they just were given the opportunity to tinker a little more and make another one of these games. Yeah, I mean... Um it, full disclosure, this game really didn't do much for me. Um, I, I I will say that I do hope that the fans of this do get, like, I don't, I don't think it'll happen anymore. I think the ship has sailed on yeah. getting a, a 60 FPS mode um, to, to bring it more up to speed with frame rate. Um, but it certainly won't get a sequel. Um, I, I, I think not. part of the reason why I, I was turned off to this game was because it was happening in an era where we were getting bad xbox one um and the connect functionality in particular that was part of this game it wasn't required uh you can play without a connect but i thought that stuff um much like what they did with dead rising 3 and just kind of shoehorning that kind of functionality into the games at the time it was really annoying um and so i was turned off about that and i really didn't feel like the game had to your point as much depth um, with some of the combat and kind of seeing some of the same stuff over and over again. What oh, yeah. I did like, though, was I thought the story was actually really well done, uh, which was surprising coming from that yeah. studio. Uh, and I do think they had potential to build on that narrative with something else. So I, I, in a way, even though I think the first game didn't really connect with me, I would have liked to have seen a sequel to just see what happened next with those characters and and everything yeah. that happened with you know the the big conflicts and stuff. Um, huge missed opportunity there, and and it sucks that people got left off a you know on a on a sour a bittersweet note because of you know yeah. how attached you can get to those characters, and then they, <laughs> that's a wrap. You're never going to see them again. Bye. It sucks. And for real, and it really felt like that. And I man, I don't know what it was, but. I remember being blown away by the game back then, but even now, I, I guess I'm blown away all over again because of how good it looks now. Obviously, there are games that look better, uh, you know, that's come out more recently. Yeah. But this is a really good-looking game, man. I was like, shit, I didn't, I don't remember it being this pretty. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, that that's great. But yeah, that's where I'm at there. Um, anything anything else to add about that? No, I think uh, I think um, there's a podcast we listen to, or I listen to. Uh, um, it is Defining Duke with uh, Lord Cognito and Matty oh, Plays, that's and, that's and that's they call that's this that's game the best 900p game of all time. <laughs> so <laughs> they they cape pretty hard for this game, actually. So when you when you put you this know, on the docket, I'm like, it reminded me of those guys talking about it because they ride hard for this game, and uh, it's got that following. Um, you know, I'm not one of those people, but I I, I understand that this game kind of uh, resonated with a lot of people more than I actually thought. So it's it's cool to see that. I'm trying to look it up here because I know that uh, it came out in 2014 on PC at 4K. Mm. Uh, so I wonder if any of that carried over, but no, I don't think it did. No, yeah, it's still 903. Uh, it's yeah, it's 900p, 300. <laughs> it's funny because it's listed here. Xbox One, 900. 
P, 300 uh, frames. 300 Xbox frames. Xbox One S, 900p, 3 frames. 30, Xbox you mean. One X, 900 frames. Xbox Series X, 900 frames, 30. Uh, that sucks. But, I mean, like you said, we missed that opportunity. That's never going to happen. I think, um, didn't THQ Nordic purchase Crytek or something like no, that? No, I don't, I don't remember. And they're fucking making everything anyway. So just, hey, guys, if you're listening, which you're not, but if you are, just go ahead and <laughs> do another one of these. Just go ahead. I dare you. You dumb bitches. Nah, don't worry about Why it. Am I don't worry about do- it. <laughs> <laughs> we good. Yeah, put your efforts into something else like, I don't know, another one of those damn uh, Darksiders game. Um, all right. Uh, let's go ahead and move on here into the checkpoint chat. All right, Marco. Five times we ate crow over a game. Now, for the, for some of you who might be listening and, and don't understand what that term means, Marco, go ahead and explain to what that specifically means when we say we're eating crow. Um, essentially is is games that we, you know, maybe pre-release that we were relatively certain wouldn't really be as good as people hope for. Or we just had some some sticking point against the game for some reason that... Uh, when we actually got the real game in our hands, we were proven pretty wrong immediately and and realized, oh, wow, I, I had this game pegged the, 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 the wrong way all that time. And so it's kind of like that groveling, like, okay, I was wrong kind of a thing. Um, but, uh, you know, fortunately... I've never been wrong, so I actually have no games to talk about today. Uh, we'll just go with what you got on your list. Uh, no, I have five. Pablo has five, and we're just going to, I think, go round robin on this thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that's best. All right. Well, uh, you want me to kick things off first, or you want to go in first? Yeah, just go ahead and start off, and let's, uh, let's start. Okay, so I will begin with a little game called Overwatch. When I saw this game you know, first get announced... In one ear, out the other. Didn't care. Not at all interested. <laughs> it's Blizzard. I don't really play a lot of their games. They're mostly on the PC end of the spectrum. What are they doing over here in my turf? I don't want you. I don't need you. Go away. <laughs> and everything I saw of the game was just like, oh, this is just like a really cartoony looking weird thing. Um, and I it never connected with me. I just, I hated the art style. I hated the characters. It all looked really dumb and silly and and it i wanted i think at the time that kind of battlefield realistic war experience and you know as cliche as it sounds and and this game just didn't it didn't connect with me so i thought this was going to come out uh and, and it came out at a discounted price at the time too and i'm like yeah. well okay they don't they don't really believe in this too much either so okay we'll see what happens it comes out did it <sighs> Didn't we both get this like the physical version? We did. We thought we were gonna because we were we weren't sure if we were gonna like it, so we were gonna trade it back in before the like the one week window it was up at GameStop or something. I got mine used, so that's why I was able to you know return it. And then the reviews came out, and people were like, "Yo, yo, this game, yo, this is different. This is special." And I'm like, "Nah, it's not special. It's not special." And it's (laughs) like, "Nah, nah, it's actually pretty special." Ah, is it though? And then I got it, you know, because I just, it, it, the groundswell of the hype and the hyperbole was just, it was getting the best of me. And I could only tune that out so long. And then I played this hoe. And dude, you, the rest is history. We got this game yeah. and 
we could not put this thing down for a long time. Um, <laughs> and we're not talking weeks or months. We're talking like uh, a year or two. Oh, constant. Yeah. It, every, almost every night. And it was like, yeah. it was an obsession. We had to go, we, we had to play. There was no, what are other video games? What are they like? Because I'm, I'm not paying yeah. attention to them anymore. So it was a, it, it was a real takeover kind of experience for me and i couldn't have been more wrong um those characters i became attached to all the little nuances and the art style became attached to it i fell for this game hard and so i was one thousand percent um i was sucking the marrow out of that bone of the crow man that sounded we that, really that was a pretty awful way to describe <laughs> whatever man it, it, i ate some crow and uh and it was good yeah we we uh we, you know, obviously fell off the game after a couple of years, and then we came back, and there was like a spurt yeah. of a few months where we were back on it, and we're really excited for for um, for two. I'm currently refreshing my email, waiting for uh, oh yeah my beta, beta key. I can technically buy the, the the pack and get it, but I don't want to spend any money on that uh, anyway. But I will say this: I it's not on my list. Only because it was on your list. I'll cheat it a little bit because it was there for sure. Because I, I mean, in the fact that I guess it was just no interest at all. I just in my head there was no way I was ever gonna play this game. This ain't even a console game. Get the shit out my consoles. This is a PC for dumb PC idiots. Yeah, uh, exactly. But yeah, it, I'm so so happy this game exists, and I can't wait to play more of it when two comes out. My um, one of the games that I ate on is because I loved the series so much and love the series so much and that's uh metal gear rising revengeance when this game was announced you guys have to understand that platinum games wasn't quite the platinum games that we know now yes they had bayonetta and yes vanquish existed but they were still kind of niche you know i i had not played vanquish at that point so i wasn't really too familiar with what they were and i i read some quotes about kojima that kojima said that he was uh, slightly involved but he did say that he's not he, he, he matter of fact his quote was i'm not involved with the game design itself such as naming each character or the gaming universe no involvement in the script or motion capture direction thus rising is the brand new metal gear without my creativity was a quote from hideo kojima and that's all i needed to be like all right this game no thanks first of all raiden had that uh whole entire shit that people hated him you know like he was just like oh man he's just a whiny little bitch and also they had the whole thing where he should have been a solid snake in an mgs2 not right and you know and all mm-hmm. that kind of baggage uh and this predates four right or is this right after four this is right after four uh so anyway this game comes out and that pretty much just blew me away like one of my favorite metal gear solid stories and it had nothing to do with hideo kojima that's why a lot of people right now are kind of like what is metal gear solid gonna do without hideo kojima and look hideo kojima is metal gear solid metal gear solid is hideo kojima but if you do a game like metal gear rising where you kind of separate yourself from the big boss uh, storyline and kind of delve into something else you get this you you get something special like this this game feels like a metal gear solid game it's a little bit of a boss rush game you know level boss level boss level boss but all those bosses felt absolutely 
like of Kojima, it came out right of Kojima's mind. I mean, the tonality of the game. I mean, spoiler alerts: you you fight the president of the United States of America after a twenty minute soliloquy that he gives on top of a fucking mech, uh, and then it just it's all out insanity. I mean, this game is is just one of the best action games ever created. Not surprising since Platinum Games tends to do shit like that, uh, and it's it's it really just. I'm going to use this term a lot. I guess it kind of just really blew me away in how you can just the, the controlling of the, of, of, of writing, but also that, that whole slicing mechanic that they had where you hold the, the trigger button and you can slice and, and, and literally slicing people to to pieces. It's just one of those games where I had, I had not only did I have expectations, but I have like actual vitriol. Uh, like I was angry that they were making a Metal Gear Solid game without Hideo Kojima. How dare they? Uh, and, <laughs> They did it, and it was pretty fucking good. Do you have anything to say about this game? I, I don't. I don't think we've ever really talked about Rising uh, too much. I, I wonder how you feel about this game. Yeah, I mean, little known fact: um, Kojima was actually working on uh, a Metal Gear Solid Rising game, and it ended up getting yeah. canceled uh, and repurposed into what was then kind of outsourced to Platinum Games to make what became Revengeance. Um, Hit. And that's like information that came out like later. No, no, no. It was actually uh, it was no? announced. It was a full blown announcement. It was it was the whole oh, thing. I didn't, I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't yeah, know that, yeah. Um, there was there's gameplay of it out there and everything. Um, it it looked like a very serious version of of what we ended up getting, which was more whacked out and on LSD kind of a thing. Um, and it, you could tell they really didn't know how to tackle the the combat too well. It looked very stiff. So I think it made sense that Kojima couldn't. Um, couldn't take that project home. Um, but yeah, Revengeance is one of my favorite games ever. Um, I think that game was um, a thrill ride from beginning to end. It was pure adrenaline. Um, the moments yeah. in that game, the way you finish boss fights out, uh, it, that's, that stuff still holds up remarkably well to this day. Yeah, you can, um, it's really good. It, it, it's, if, you, if you happen to want to get it on, like, um, on Xbox, you can play it from backwards compatibility, and it holds up remarkably good. Um, it does. It's a lot of fun. I think the only thing that it did it disappointed me with was some of the level design was a bit, you know, rudimentary yeah, and boring. And- um, and some of the story got a little too out there. Uh, even even for even yeah. for my taste. I mean, Raiden was at one point and he had a sombrero on his head. I'm like, all right, what are we doing here? What is this? <laughs> um, but overall, yeah. What you got against sombreros, man? Eh? Hey, man, not not on my boy Rai Rai. Um, anyways, I'm the only guy that's ever called him right right before. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I didn't know that tidbit. I mean, I knew, but I knew that that was a thing. I just didn't know that at the time. Uh, I thought that was information that came out later. Because no. uh, I know there was some information also that came out that Hideo was going to do a game with with the boss during World War II. And he felt that his team was not old enough to make that game. And so mm. it never happened. That's a game I want to fucking see. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing. Uh, but yeah, man, it's just one of those things where... Metal Gear Solid holds a special place in our hearts and somebody coming seemingly from the outside to make this game, it just felt a little bit like, okay, there's no way they're going to be able to replicate or do anything close to it. And they, and they, and they nailed it. They did a really good job. Uh, and, um, I, I think this kind of is a, like a guideline for people who, for Konami, if they want to make more Metal Gear games and they're not going to have Kojima on board, you know, maybe try something that isn't, not exactly trying to emulate his characters and, and do something a little bit different enough to where it still feels like Metal Gear, but 
it doesn't need the Hideo Kojima touch. Uh, but yeah, that was my number. That was my number five. What do you got? Um, so my next one. Um, so one of the games that I was kind of alluding to playing uh, in the Monday episode and loadouts uh, that I said I'd hold off on until we get to this episode is actually Mario Rabbit's Kingdom Battle. Um, I I did not like anything about this game when it first came out and i i bought it just off the trust of the reviews that, that came out that said wow this game is really special um it is it defies expectations it does some things that uh games in this genre really don't do or do well um and that don't mm-hmm. be fooled by the the ubisoft crossover mashup thing it's actually stunningly good and i i was just like all right fine i'll get it and in all fairness i gave it about an hour of my time and I was very presumptuous. And I mentally, I said to myself, okay, I'm just going to be doing these battles times 15 hours, and that's going to be it. And I really never gave this game a fighting chance. And ever since then, I was pretty staunchly against this game, and I, didn't, I just didn't care for it much at all. Um, and um, when, when Sparks of Hope um, in the mini direct from Nintendo recently, you know, and it got the release date of October 20th, it put the game back in my head again. And since I was already playing Switch uh, to play uh, Neon White, I thought, well, you know what? Let me download that one more time and let me give it a real concerted effort. And this is a game that um, I was dead wrong about, plain and simple. Um, Enough for it to be on a top five ever of Eating Crow. Um, I think that Kingdom Battle is sensational. Uh, It is is some, some of the best Mario gaming I have had in any Mario game, period. Mainline, spinoff stuff, whatever. Uh, it is that good. And I feel horrible for the fact that I, I brushed this game off so quickly, didn't give it enough, ch- uh, enough time to breathe and to introduce some of the new systems and gameplay mechanics and special abilities you can unlock and all these other things, all the new characters you can play as. Just the whole nine. I wrote this game yeah. off way too fast and upon returning to it now, I cannot put this game down. I've been playing this game obsessively. I am in love with it. And it makes uh, it makes Sparks of Hope shoot up the list of most anticipated games for the rest of this year. I cannot wait to play the sequel because of this. And I am yeah. having the time of my life with this game. Uh, dead wrong That's about awesome. it. Dead, dead wrong. Yeah, yeah, it's funny because I it's easy it it's super easy to look at this game and be like, all right, not gonna work. Um, but the fact that you had that experience where you tried it, you played it, and you're like, yeah, right. this game sucks or this doesn't work, and then coming back to it and really giving it that time and realizing it's it's an incredible game. Yeah, that that that's that's awesome. Um, yeah, I I I shared the same kind of sentiment at the forefront where the game was like, oh, this is weird. Why? And then the game comes out, and I actually really loved it. So I was like, okay, this makes sense. Now I get why they did this. Uh, but um, yeah, that's a that's a great fucking game, man. And, and Sparks of Hope uh, looks like. It would, it's so easy to make a sequel to this game and just be like more of the same. But the fact that they're like making strides to change not only the the original 
you know kingdom battle but also how you play these kind of strategy uh games mm-hmm. like those uh XCOM type of games where they're very static and you can't move the fact that they're doing this with this title i mean it's it's pretty cool i, I think uh i think that uh sparks of could have a chance of being like one of the best games of the year so that that's super dope that you went through that mine is um a game that we talked about uh this week um uh, on Monday's episode is Ghost of uh, Tsushima. Uh, this is a game that, for whatever reason, I, I because it was Sucker Punch and the people that did Infamous and, and those kind of games, I thought this was Infamous in Japan. You know, I just kind of like what I was going for, uh, thinking about just because of who, who they were. They released kind of like a gameplay cinematic, and it doesn't look anything like uh, uh, like Infamous. So. I was like, okay, maybe it's not that, but it's still not for me because it's still Sucker Punch, and I don't really like their kind of games, and I don't think that this game is going to be able to speak to me, and I don't know if it feels a little derivative. I, I, it doesn't look really fun to play. They look like they're really focusing on that samurai type of combat, which is very, you know, it's very singular in its approach to combat. So through, through and through, just, just not into this game. And to the point where I was like, I think this game is going to suck. I, re- I think I remember talking to you saying like, man, this game's not going to be good. It's going to be a bust. Um, like um, Dying dying Light, not Dying Light, uh, Days Gone. I was yeah. like, you know, it's going to be their next Days Gone. The, the way that they, a lot, if you think about it, it's a lot like Ragnarok where they were very weird about the release date. They really weren't talking about it. They, they said it's coming this that, that year and they really kind of like, no, nah, we don't know when. And all of a sudden, um, the Last of Us Two gets pushed back, and then this they announced this game on July. You're like, really back to back? They're burying it uh, behind The Last of Us Two. Nope, they just embarrassment of riches. That's all they had because this game comes out, and for a little while, I will admit, I was like, I knew it. This is just not going to be my thing. And then it just kind of hits that stride. It, it cinematically, it's beautiful. The gameplay is great. I love, uh, I, I love just the entire. Uh, art style and the way that they use the wind uh and the way that they really had this kind of mechanic of you either being the ghost of Tsushima or just being like this basically just killing everybody though it doesn't really pay off story-wise it's a cool approach to the game itself um I love seeing uh Jin's little butt and going into the little, <laughs> <the> little <laughs> heat second hold little on thing and just kind of relaxing and thinking about life the little the touches haikus, like that that really make were, this the, game kind of special haikus were lit. those haikus <laughs> Man. I'm just saying, it's just it makes this game really special. It had that that uh, Kurosawa filter, which mm-hmm. you know, it, it was was a cool little uh, thing uh, to to kind of because it was kind of a throwback to those kind of old uh, Japanese uh, samurai films. It's it's just one of those games that I when you look, I look back at that year and it was really high on my list, like two or three. And there, it, it was a game that I in no way, shape, or form that I think I was gonna like, um, but the fact that I ended up loving this game so much and a game that I completed and I played the DLC and, 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 and then legends comes out the multiplayer stuff where it's like, all right, what the fuck is this? And that also works. I mean, after this game showed me so much, I was still skeptical about what it was giving me with legends. I'm like, this is trash. Nobody wants to play this. And it was amazing as well. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those rare games that everything about it might not seem like it's my thing. And then it just ends up being, great and in a world where open world games are just fucking taking over this felt a little like a refresh of that and so i'm super excited uh 
for the potential of a better of part two and it being better but we'll see how that pans out maybe it'll that ghost of shima 2 will make my other list of five times we get crow about games <laughs> uh if i start hating on it but yeah anything uh, to add about this yeah i mean it's 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 a really good game man uh like you said um the the post-launch support in particular has been incredibly good uh, with the Legends DLC, I, I could not for the life of me get you to join me and play online because you're playing 27 games at a time, uh, and I could never <laughs> get you to stop and stay still long enough to play anything with me, so that's that sucked, and I'm still not ADHD, over it. baby. Man. Uh, but yeah, great DLC. I love the story in the DLC. I think the DLC's story was actually way better than the original game's story. Um I think the only thing that kind of bummed me out a little bit is that sometimes it, there were a lot of dry moments throughout that game too. Yeah, um, a second act. Bro. Yeah, it, it it could be a little little on the bland side at times. A lot of Mongol talk. The, the Mongols will come get us, and the Mongols we have to get the Mongols and honor. Um, it's a lot of honor talk, man. But other than that, I thought it was a great game that finally made me believe in Sucker Punch in a way that I really didn't uh, for for many years. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I uh, I enjoyed it too. Yeah. Um yeah, I I uh I agree. All right, what do you got? Yeah. Going? Let's, What's your other game? Let's talk about Rainbow Six Siege, my boy. Um mm-hmm. man, I did everything in my human body power to not touch this game. Um this game hit me at a bad time, I think, looking back, because I was getting really fed up with the military shooter formula. I was getting sick of how Call of Duty was panning out. Battlefield was just kind of coming and going and not really hitting me the same way that the old games had. And I was generally starting to lose a lot of interest in Ubisoft in general, like as a whole, just shooters, single player stuff, whatever. And that would obviously carry on for many years to come. But Rainbow Six Siege just caught me at a bad time. So I'm like, I, I don't I don't care. I don't care. It looks stupid. It looks <laughs> really dumb. And I watched people play the game um, you know, on, on YouTube and Twitch. And it just seemed like it was a bunch of lay on your back and shoot a shoot through a little pee hole in the wall at an enemy and hit him in two shots. I mean, I played like thirty five hours of it. You played it well 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 before I did, and I yeah. I took forever getting to it. So I was very convinced that this game is not for me and I want nothing to do with it. I just, if I'm going to play an online shooter, I'll play Overwatch. I'll play something else. I don't need this game. And then out of, you know, boredom, one fine day, I downloaded it again because I had bought it, you know, and, and it um, got a next gen upgrade on the, uh, the new consoles. I'm like, all right, good a time as any. Give it one last shot because it still seems to be getting supported you know, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it got me by the loins. It did. It pulled <laughs> me close. It never let me leave. Got Pablo back in it, too. And we were oh, we yeah. were it, it wasn't quite overwatch levels of obsession, but it was we were borderline for a while. Pablo was worse off than me. Like he wouldn't stop obsessing about it. And I had to like, yeah, get him off of the game. So he would start finishing other stuff that year because it was bad for a while. <laughs> I was playing like up to three or four in the morning sometimes you were man it was it it was it was bad for a while but it was a good kind of bad it was like 
I finally understood what the hook of the game was about, and I really appreciated the change of pace yeah. and you know uh, strategizing and coordinating together. Um, it, it's a tough game to play with randoms. I think that's miserable. Sure, but sure. because I had Pablo with me, and you know we would get we would you know bribe his younger brother to jump online, and he hates all multiplayer games. But Pablo finds a way to get this poor guy on, and uh, we made it work, and it was fun. Um, but yeah, it was fun. Time. I was dead wrong about it. I mean, it's uh, it's not a perfect game by any means but it was way no, better no, than no. i had given it credit for it's funny that, that one of your reasons behind not giving it time at first is because you were sick of call of duty and, and, and battlefields and those military shooters and apparently so were they because they completely took that formula and made something yeah uh different yeah i wrong uh but i i i i agree man um the only thing that i would say that's a negative about the game uh, among other things but like the thing that kind of still pisses me off every time i see it is that they completely dismantled uh, Rainbow Six Patriots, and then we got Siege out of this. And Siege yeah. has grown into a beautiful game, but Patriots was going to be that traditional first uh, uh, single-player Rainbow Six experience that I like from New Vegas and New Vegas 2. But other than that, hopefully one day we'll get something like that. But yeah, Siege is great. Still being supported till 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 this day uh and even got a spin-off with extraction but you know that was also kind of fun uh it's still not the core game but it, it's, it's a great time um anything else you want to nope, add let's move on number three is some a realization that i got uh had fairly recently um it's diablo 3 it's a game that marco never talked to me wow. about always was hiding it wow. you know never wanted me to play wow <laughs> that was kidding. wow 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 no, no it's a game that you know anybody that has played it uh, and always like hey you should play Diablo 3 uh, you should play Diablo 3 you should play Diablo 3 and I'm like yeah okay and I played it I, I bought it on Switch I'm like nah fuck this game this game sucks uh, totally wrong um, I, I I had bought the well I played Diablo 2 the Resurre- Resurrection and um, I bought that it was on sale uh, for super cheap and I got it and I'm like okay I, I it's, it feels too outdated for me but I get it I, I'm finding what about the, the the thing about this game, the hook that people like, I'm in it. So let me re-download Diablo 3, which I had already on Xbox. And immediately I was like, oh, yeah, of course, this game is fucking great. And, and nobody told me about wow. it. So, you know, I immediately recommended it to Marco. <laughs> and now he's no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> wow. Look, I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and talk to you guys. Uh, you guys know way more uh, than me about Diablo. But, yeah, I was late to the party, man. Um, you know, I'm not a looter shooter guy, but the, uh, I don't give really shit about loot or anything like that but there's something about this game and something about collecting the loot there's something about even the story that 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 you know they, they say they give to you in drips but it's there you know it's interesting um just the the aesthetic the 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 ambiance uh, of it i know uh, and i've read a lot of stuff and i know people prefer diablo the diablo and diablo 2 is like more darker uh ethereal kind of yeah devilish evil look which four is definitely uh you right. know doing again but and this had a little bit more of a you know it's a little brighter it had it it, it was a little bit more mystical in its approach to its design uh but i i I love it man i i think that this is a a a top tier game i know it launched a little rocky with whatever that uh, auction house was i have no idea what the fuck that's about i don't give a shit uh but the core game the diablo 3 core game i man what a great fucking uh 
what if it's just a great game to play? I, I'm, even till today, I'm still going back and, and, and just playing a, a dungeon here or there, collecting some gear, kind of throwing it on the dude. I'm trying to, I have like a build already written down that I want to get. I'm lo- unlocking everything to get to that build. Just little stuff like that that really, I, 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 my biggest regret about this is not getting into this game sooner or right when it came out on consoles. Uh, because that this would have been one of those games that really would have um, kind of like, you know, blow me away then if it's blowing me away now imagine when it came when it came out on consoles then how that would have done but yeah man uh diablo 3 uh single-handedly just made diablo 4 probably one of my most anticipated games the next year and that's saying a lot considering that we got starfield we got breath of the wild sequel uh next year and diablo 4 is right up there for me so yeah i hate pablo man i hate him so much he's a bad guy <laughs> bad person um and a liar a horrible nasty disgusting liar this man historically i've always one thing that makes me cringe about pablo is his it didn't grab me it just didn't grab me it just i don't know what it was it just you know games have to grab me and if they're gonna be and that's how he talks when he when he talks about it and obviously yeah. and you know he got on his little his little dumb twitter account and he said how come none of you told me that diablo 3 is fire and then i literally had to go pull up a text from years ago where this man said it just didn't grab me and i don't know it just didn't grab me no that's cgi bro he, he made that up on like a so pablo has this shit. victim comp like he just wants to be the victim in things like this when when i try to put yeah. him on game sometimes listen diablo 3 is excellent i i i have been beating that drum for a while pablo don't want to listen because he's usually playing one of his 49 games in his rotation at any given moment, still won't play Diablo three with me either. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to play games with me. Still, even with games that he's currently playing, he just he's just not a good guy. So it's just the times. Those the, the, the I, it just didn't grab, didn't grab me and didn't grab me. I'm a loser. Can I go next? But it didn't grab me. Can I go next? Can I go next? Yeah, go ahead, go for it. Actually, I think we have the same game up next. So we probably should talk about this together. Um, go for it. Yeah. So. Um, our next game, our next game, is uh, a game by the name of Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Pablo, I'll jump in first here and just say, yep. um, anybody that was telling me this game was fire, I, I, I didn't like them. I didn't like them at all for that for that kind of assumption. They were liars. In my book, they were lying to oh, me and they wanted, and they, did they didn't not want, want the what's best, best for me. me as a person, my finances. They didn't care about my money. Um, they wanted me to buy a game where I'm looking at a dude shooting blobs of red jello. And that's, that's what you wanted me to do. So I, you know, listen, the, the game, come on, the, <laughs> the game revealed horrible. It was the worst possible way to reveal Shit that show. game. They made they went out of their way to make this game look the absolute douchiest and dumbest that it could possibly be. It's like it's almost like they were in a boardroom meeting and said, "Okay, what are the great things about this game that we can completely suppress in this reveal <laughs> to focus on things that do not matter at all?" How you know what? Actually, guys, how can we make this game look like a single player Avengers? Because that's a really good stigma that we want to carry over to this game, right? And and it's like that's what that's what they did on purpose. And when you play this game, I just put one of my good friends, Will, friend of the show, shouts out to Will. I put him onto this game, and he was the exact same way we were like. We were like, he's like, dude, why, 
why do you hate me though? Like, why are you recommending this? And I'm like, please trust me. It's one of his all time favorite games now. And it's like, yeah, it just it really goes to show special, that man. like this is a complete marketing fumble. I don't take a lot of blame for this one, Pablo. To be honest with you, I, I feel like my 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 well, crow was somewhat justified in how this game was presented, and I had a right to be pessimistic. The only thing that I will say is crow worthy is I should have put more faith in the studio behind it because I like their work. That's exactly what I was gonna say. I was gonna say it is kind of our fault because shame on us for doubting. Deus Ex, Mankind Divided, Human Revolution, fucking Eidos, Shadow Montreal, of the Tomb man. Raider guys. I mean, look, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy uh, was a game that is within that is as good, if not better, than those games. Like this studio is really talented, and they know how to make these really single player experiences really stand out. And like Marco was saying, everything he said, I agree with. It just it it just uh, revealed horribly. When this, I remember where I was um, when this they they announced this game it was at E three. Um, I was on vacation and I just decided to take some time and watch this. I was like, this game looks. Who is this for? And why is Adios uh, Montreal like fucking not making uh, Mankind Divided <laughs> two and making this trash? Like, are we really doing this? And then everything after that. Uh, it didn't get better. It got worse, actually. Like they showed purple background and uh, purple lighting and purple dresses, purple rain, and, and purple looking bad. It was just horrible. One col- color palette, you know, and then uh, the dialogue that they showed. Like this, this is a really well written game, and the, the dialogue they decided to, to I mean, showcase is like some of the worst shit I've ever seen. It, it just like. It's like it really was trying to emulate the movies, I think, and that was his biggest mistake because none of those characters are really like their movies. Sure, they're similar, but they really, in my opinion, I think they do a better oh, job better. in the game than they do in Easily. the film. And it's just, uh, it's just fantastic. I, I, I love, I love this game to pieces. I, 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 I am so upset that it revealed the way it did because I think a lot of people didn't give this much of a chance it didn't sell well or it didn't sell as well as they anticipated after it came out on game pass their, their sales did uh, elevate and they said that they did reach their goal which is fantastic i don't know if we'll see a part two i mean i i hope that word of mouth and and, and kind of like the the surprise uh reviews because a lot of people were surprised when the review like i didn't expect this like it, it, it wasn't just us it right. was it was it was the industry, but I think what sets it apart for me, and Marco, is that not only did we like it, but I, we're considering it being one of the best games, period, for us. I, I, if I look at it from like a narrative standpoint and just to put myself in that position when I played it and and how I felt when I was playing it, I mean, it feels like an all timer. You know, it really does. And I, and it, you would have never, ever in a million years. Nope. Su- see that as a matter of fact go back and see that if you have no idea what we're talking about go see those reveal trailers and go play this game it's not even the same game i don't i don't i'm convinced that they were showing something completely (laughs) different a mobile version of this game that never came out because holy shit night and day i don't think i don't i don't think i've ever in my life has seen a game show itself so poorly and it just be so incredible you know there are games that 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 you might be on the fence, but that end up being pretty good. And you're like, okay, I, I would have seen that, but I've never would have guessed it for this game at all. Yeah. Yeah. This was a huge missed opportunity by Square um, to, to market this the right way. I think they overthought it. Yeah. I think they tried to focus group this thing to death and 
really try to, uh, you know, make it feel like it's an extension of the MCU. And, you know, it's, it's just like the movies you love and total wrong approach to go uh, to go with here. Yeah. And I think they really blew it. Um, but, yeah, I'm glad I got yeah. to play it right now. I think it's in my top 20 ever. I mean, it's this is no yeah. joke, guys. This is game is this game is out of this world. It's incredible. Um, yeah, it, it was a, a fundamental mistake. Uh, I don't think they even knew what they had no. on their hands when when probably not when they uh, turned this game. And uh, there's no way they, had, they there's no way they knew how to market this because they probably didn't even care to ask. Oh, Marvel. Okay, we're, we know what to do with Marvel. It's Marvel. Don't yeah. worry about it. Uh, but that fucking sucks. But I hope we get another one of these. At the very least, I can't. I, I, I'll say this much: benefit of the doubt. Always for for that studio. I'm never gonna doubt them until they make me doubt them. Yep. So um, next game, next game they announce whatever it is, automatically one of my most anticipated games of whenever that yep. uh, game. Yeah, yeah, I'm in all the way. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, Marco. What is your last one? Your number Juan. Number Juan. Uh, okay. So here's the thing, guys. Um, I said it many episodes ago, so I'll just kind of briefly say now. I'm not a big Star Wars guy. Um, I'm not particularly fond of any of the movies um i like some of them i loathe most of them i'm i'm sorry if that's just you know me being the contrary and cool guy well what do you like what what's your what are you a firefly guy actually yeah i am um but nevertheless look han solo ripoff bullshit no it's not it's it's superior in every possible way um now here's the thing when they announced that they were going to do a star wars knights of the old republic on the og xbox i thought I don't I don't give a whole entire dang about this game. And I really meant that. I just at the time I, I hated Star Wars with a passion. I just thought, okay, there is nothing about playing a long RPG where I get to become a Jedi and I get to the force powers. Like I I I distilled it in that really ignorant way <laughs> in my brain because I just <laughs> didn't I didn't care. This is like, okay, no, no, we're you not doing this. I never thought in a million years. Uh, that Marco and I grew up together because <laughs> totally different approach to Star Wars. But um, and then it's being made by this company called BioWare. Like I don't want to wear Bio, so it was just <laughs> <laughs> this is bad in every way. This sounds this is a terrible proposition. I don't want it. And then I got bored and I went to a Video King um, shortly after getting my Xbox, and I'm like, I got nothing to play. King, I already got through the Halo shit. stuff. But okay, cool, whatever. Blah blah blah. But this this Knights of the Old Republic game, everybody keeps gushing about it. Like, dude, even if you're not a Star Wars fan, this game is amazing. And so I was like, all right, fine. It's just a rental. What's the worst that can happen? And I go get it and I play it. And okay, okay, this is kind of fire. Oh, wow. Okay, the choices in this game are crazy. Oh, my God, the game, all these characters are incredible. And it just immediately, it just surged up the ranks for me and became... Uh, what is now my third favorite game of all time? It is crazy. It is to me, and you know, whatever. Star Wars fans can, you know, headhunt for me if they need to. But this is the best Star Wars story ever, in my opinion. I'm sorry, and I don't even, I don't even know if it's close. I think just the the, the characters, the the cast, the voice acting, the conflict, the plot twist that is to me the greatest in in video game history. Um, those moments are are just truly unforgettable, and I have had. Um, so many replays of this game. I have played this game probably around eight, nine times. Um, I played it from start to finish on my phone. That's how much I love this game, and uh, and I'm and I'm uh, I'm tempted to get this on Switch as well uh, for no reason at all. Um, I have it on Switch. I man, 
I love this game to pieces. It it made me not love Star Wars, but it made me kind of double back and go, okay, there's something I was missing about this. Like, and I went back and watched them, and I'm like, no, it actually still sucks. But at the end of the day, KOTOR to me um, was the ultimate clapback for the ultimate Star Wars naysayer like me. And in, in, in so many words, it was like, you know what? We know you hate Star Wars, but we can actually figure out a way with an IP that you don't like to make one of the most memorable experiences in your entire lifetime as a gamer. That's no easy feat. And so I think for that, no. this is the the most crow that I ever ate in my life uh, over a video game by far. So, yeah. It's funny. It's funny you say because my introduction to Star Wars was through a Nintendo sixty four game, which was um, Shadows of the Empire. Oh yeah, Nintendo, yeah. Uh, Star Wars Shadows of the Empire. Dash Rendar was the main character there, and I think that's one of the better uh, Star Wars stories. So I, I, I'm a Star Wars fan, but I, I'm not. I'm not exactly. I don't exactly think you're wrong mm. in thinking that a video game can provide that because I, I, I that's how I feel about Shadows of the Empire. Maybe it's just because of my introduction to it. Um, now. Marco, I have a question for you because I this is a I know how much you love uh this game. Uh the remake is coming uh soon, hopefully next year, maybe the year after. What are you what do you want from this? Are, do you want a remake in in the same way uh, uh turn-based uh, or do you think that in order for this game to to for it to make sense as a remake, does it need to go into that action RPG level of 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 combat, or do you think that uh, the remake could come out and just be a better, prettier looking version of the game built from the ground up, but still keep its 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 uh, RPG components intact? What do you think? I think that Final Fantasy VII remake has to be kind of the standard here. Uh, if I'm if yeah. I'm Aspire, I think you got to look at that that transformation and go, that's the perfect solution here because um i think the best the best comparison i can make for old school kotor is it's like it's like what xenoblade chronicles is right now uh there's auto attack stuff that happens but you can kind of choose your next move in a queue of moves uh in real time and you can do it that way um i don't think that's going to hold up very well uh in in this era i think you have to make it more action driven uh and restructure a lot of that combat in a way that makes it more fluid you don't want it to feel like a full-blown action game where there's no rpg systems there under the hood but you got to make it a little bit more fluid and more intuitive than than it was old school yeah yeah i think it'd be weird for a star wars game to come out in this day and age and specifically be about jedi and the sith and have a lightsaber and not be able to wield that lightsaber uh like an action game at least you know corresponding to the button presses because that would be a little weird um last thing about the game because i don't share the same kind of like love for this game though i love it but nowhere near where you are in that way are you concerned about the remake uh, and the studio making it because you know the rumors with xbox kind of taking a pass on it uh some of the underlining stuff was like they just weren't really sold on aspire being the uh, studio to, to to do this remake um uh, I, I mean i i think anything is possible uh i think if sony i trust sony in thinking that if they're if they're up for it then i think they'll do a good job but are you concerned at all i mean uh not re- i mean i'm not gonna have any opinion on it until we first see it I think that, I mean, listen, anytime you do a remake of a beloved classic, it can be, you know, when Square remade Final Fantasy VII, there were concerns and it's Square, you know, so there there was, there's always going to be some level of uncertainty or worry or doubt, like of how well they're going to 
how well they're going to do justice uh, for that original game with the remake. So I don't think unless you're a blue point, I, don't, I, guess. I, I mean, maybe not. Yeah, they've been pretty solid with their yeah. track record. But like, I think I think it's it comes to the territory of making any remake. Um, this one, yeah, I'm not going to pretend like there's not more pressure on them with a game this legendary. There is, but um, I, I think that at the end of the day, they just need to tuck their heads down and make sure this game looks the part and plays the part and take as much time as you need. Um, it's good to know this game exists. There's no reason to rush this thing out the door. Uh, there's a lot of game in the original that they have to account for uh, in this remake, unless they're going to do <laughs> what Final Fantasy VII Remake did and split this hoe up into parts, which I would, that would really suck. Yeah. But um, that a lot of trash. game here. So hey. they got to they take the time and get it right. Yeah. Um, my only concern would be that they're trying to like beat the clock and get this out sometime next year when it's really not ready for that kind of a, of a release window. Yeah. I hope that it does go the way of remake, uh, Final Fantasy VII remake, because at this point, not the selling point, but one of the bigger moments of that game, you know, pretty much we already know what it is, and so it'd be really dope if they subvert our expectations once again with a different kind of twist or something, a story element, uh, or story element, or maybe they don't try to make that a twist. Maybe it's something known pretty early on, you know, something to kind of change the, 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 that particular beat. Cause uh, a lot of times when people play that game, we just wait for the twist, just wait for the twist, mm-hmm. you know? And it's kind of like, eh, it's, it's a good twist. It really is. But it's once you experience it, it's just, I just hope that the game doesn't built around that shit. Yeah. All right. What's your last one? So, okay, my number one game. It it's not as it's not a, a, a fr- it's not a game that I particularly love as much as you love Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic, but it was pretty recent, and I kind of want to talk about it. And that's Pokemon Arceus. I mean, if you heard the show, you know we had an ongoing joke here about uh, the name. I think you still said uh, it wrong. Years. I think it's Arceus, isn't it? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Archaeologists, it don't matter. Just we went pretty, yeah, no, we, no. Went, we went hard uh, on this one. I don't know. Arceus, Arceus, whatever uh, you want to call it. But we were intentionally being disrespectful towards the game just because it just, for me, the way they talked about this game, it just felt like lip service. Like, you know, this is going to be an open area type of Pokemon game where, you know, it's going to be different from the other in- uh, entries in the series. It's really going to open the game up. It's really going to focus on cat catching Pokemon and, you know, catching Pokemon in, in a Pokemon game. Yeah, what the fuck else? Like, what are you talking about, <laughs> right? So this game comes out, and it it really is one of those games that, um, and Marco too, I think, because it, it caught us by surprise as to how, in, how incredibly fast we got into it. And, and, and just going into these areas and just constantly trying to fill out our Pokedex and trying to uh, fill out our level to get that next badge. And it was just one of those things where it's like, oh man, I'm really enjoying my time with, with this uh, Pokemon game when I'm not the biggest Pokemon fan. Uh, I liked uh, Sword and Shield and y, XY and that's about it. I mean, you know, that, that's pretty much the only games that I kind of really uh, played. Uh, and so I'm never... G- really excited when a pokemon game is announced but what but what pokemon legends did for me is make me made me excited for pokemon and it's one of the reasons why i have it on the list here is because not only did this the, the expectation of this game kind of blow me away and really is one of the games that, that it's one of the better games of this year but also the fact that now i'm really anticipated violet and and uh it was scarlet yeah. right 
rather than so I'm really anticipated uh, a Pokemon game like I never in my entire life have and they've really kind of turned the page on their approach to to, to game development I I think that they were very static and in and they got in their own way a lot kind of repeating the same kind of structures that they've always have I, I, Legends really opened that up for them to where they did something different they took a chance it worked for them and and now we're gonna see the uh, hopefully the the fruits of that labor here with a mainline Pokemon game, and I hope you know that it. it, it I hope that po- I hope Pokemon Legends doesn't over- outshine it. I hope that this is just a, a a another one of the great Pokemon games to have released this year. How about you? I know that you, this is kind of similar to you as well. Yeah, I mean, Pokemon was just stagnant for so long, and and really falling behind on on. Um, updating their formula and making it appealing um you know installment over installment and it was just it was getting obnoxious and um it was very easy to tune out these games after a while for that reason so when arceus was announced it was a lot of uncertainty of of you know how they're going to pull this off how's how's the switch hardware going to handle this uh, along with it and is this enough to really give the series the shot in the arm that it needs and at least for me the, the answer was a resounding yes um, I'm all about comfort food games. I talk about that relatively often with the Stardew Valleys of the world and things like that. Um, I even find that kind of enjoyment out of games you wouldn't expect, like Ghostwire Tokyo. Um, this game was the epitome of that. Another game you ate crow on. Oh, yeah. I ate some crow on that. That was almost uh, on the list for, for a while, but I, it was kind of more of an honorable mention, um, mainly because I thought the marketing of this game, that game was trash. But nevertheless, back to Pokemon, I... I I really loved the relaxing, calm, no pressure nature of that game. It was really, really relaxing to just kind of roam around at my own leisure, catch Pokemon. There was no pressure. There was no, there wasn't six million trainers hiding behind the bushes when you cross a certain threshold. Oh, we're gonna fight now, and you, you know, you have some dumb battle. <laughs> it, it, there was a real openness and breathability to that game that I really appreciated. It loved it some Breath of the Wild. A uh, lot of that UI and sound chimes and stuff was ripped right from oh, for it. for sure. But, hey, if you're going to emulate from yourself, you might as well go with one of the best games of all time with Breath of the Wild. So why not? Um, yeah, I, yeah, this was an incredible game. Uh, it, it quickly became yeah. one of my favorites of the year. I think it's going to stay that way based on the, the trajectory of the rest of this year. Um, just an incredible time. And, and yeah, uh, it shut me right up. I'm done. I'm done making fun of the, uh, these games now, and I'm I'm kind of back in for the moment. And that's kind of what, and it, again, the reason why I have it here because it kind of turned me around the whole series. Where I, I'm not gonna sit here and just easy, you know, low hanging fruit be like, oh, kids' game, like because it's it's not. They're they're really 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 great yeah. games, and the whole technical aspect of it. Another thing we made fun of. Well, you want to play this game on 12 uh, frames per second? <laughs> <laughs> we were real snarky, man. We were real shitty about this Horrible. game, and they, but uh, you know. They shut, they shut us up real good, real good. Oh, why'd you gargle that? Ah, he's so nasty. Look, Marco, that's going to wrap up our show. We'll see you again on <laughs> Thursday for our next episode. Actually, we'll see you again Monday for our next episode. So be sure to subscribe to our podcast to stay notified on when it drops. You're welcome, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye, guys. Make me feel good. Yeah.